I was so busy in my job. I ran global teams, I traveled the world, I ran from one major program to another. And I didn't really stop to think about it until we had this gift in 2020 of COVID. Well, hello, lovely listeners. Today I have the wonderful opportunity of speaking with Beth Hockin. Now, I've got to know Beth um, over the last, well, two or three months, I think, um, because we both are part of um, the same program, which is all about, you know, building our business, our coaching businesses. And it's been a, a fantastic experience for me, and I know it has for Beth. And Beth is an absolute avid LinkedIn poster. I love Beth's post, and I don't know how she keeps creating this regular value all the time because some days I'm just sitting there scratching my head. Um, but a little bit more about Beth. She used to be in corporate sales and did massively, massively well and became a director at the young old age of 27, which is obviously a while ago now. Um, but you worked in like global teams and multi-million dollar projects and you had best-selling beauty, fragrance and flavor brands. I've seen all this from your website. Um, and obviously more recently, you've completely turned and changed and you have your own business now and you are working I guess with women that were like you a few years ago right so um so that's all I'm going to say is the introduction but Beth it's been uh, lovely to get to know you over these last couple of months and uh, welcome it's a pleasure to have you today amazing well Mal thank you so much for this kind invitation um it's always a pleasure to have a chat to you and have a chat to these um fellow people who are on our same journey right and that kind of like-minded spirit so yeah. always a pleasure but I just want to say massive thank you for for inviting me on oh you're welcome um so I always love to hear the backstory so obviously I've, I've alluded to it a little bit there your corporate career very similar to me corporate career but just not not jibing with it after a while um so yeah if you can tell us it depends on how far you want to go back go as far back as you want um it doesn't have to just all be about career you can talk about other stuff as well but yeah tell us a little bit about Beth and the old Beth and how how we got to this wonderful pink enthusiastic Beth of today Ah, <laughs> oh, amazing well it's actually such a um when I look back I feel really proud of my journey um and I know that the word journey is a little bit cringe um but I'm just gonna own it and I'm gonna kind of go with it but um when you just started talking about my journey do you know what came to my mind was going back to um school days and don't worry I won't bore you with the school days but essentially I was not child at all and I think that that's really relevant to you know how I progressed through adulthood and I had this big chip on my shoulder that I wasn't academic I couldn't spell I wasn't very good at math I probably had dyslexia which went um, kind of undiagnosed and I had this brilliant brainy older brother um, who was a superstar at school and excelled in all things academia and um, I always felt like this kind of um, never quite good enough um, sibling um, and that really was like how I kind of um, I guess how like my childhood like marred my childhood with that kind of you know not quite as as good as the next if you see what I mean and yeah. whilst I did but quite well in education in the end um, I did get a math tutor um, I got my GCSEs I got some A-levels I did have a degree in the end 
um, it wasn't something that I loved going through the education system and I did really struggle and I did really have to work hard to to get those qualifications and at the time you think that those qualifications are the be all and end all of absolutely everything because that's the way that we're raised right education system you yeah. must you must you must you're never going to make anything of yourself unless you do these things right what I wasn't told and I wish um that the children were told these days was that emotional intelligence was just as good as intelligence right as it is IQ EQ and IQ uh, and I didn't know anything about um emotional quotidian and intellectual quotidian back then but now as I've kind of grown up and I've kind of dived, dived into self-development and you know what makes me stand out actually I've got tons and tons and tons of emotional intelligence and that I think has been like the cornerstone and the foundation of how I managed to create a successful career right and and that's a kind of long-winded way of going actually I, I didn't feel like I was a big success for a long period of my life and then I fought and climbed um, when I started getting into my career and I know that it can look from the outside um, that I've got this, yeah, I had this brilliant, big, shiny career. I had um, my clients were FTSE top five clients, right? I worked on household named brands. Um, I traveled the world. Um, I had a company car. I had a six figure salary, right? I had all of those amazing achievements. And yeah, it's, um, it didn't come from being handed it on a plate. And that's where I wanted to get to. It was like, yes, on the outside, it can seem more shiny and bright. But actually, you know, I fought really hard to get there. So, so what, obviously you did uni and, and I don't know if you're like millions of other people where uni is not relevant whatsoever for the job you go into, me being one of them. Um, yeah. Um, so what was it? What did you do your degree in? But what did you actually settle in your co corporate career? You know, what was it in, that you did in your corporate career? Yeah, I um, didn't know what I wanted to do. And back then, um, university was the next natural step um, and I really had no clue and I guess I didn't give enough thought to any other path and I did kind of fall it I did get good enough qualifications um I always had this strange notion um when I was about eight apparently my mum tells me uh I told her I was gonna run my own business oh. and I always had this in the back of my head but I never really allowed myself to kind of think about what that might look like and I also knew that I needed to get some credibility and I needed to get some, you know, years of, of work and of kind of service behind me, if you see what I mean. So I did go to university. I did go down that path. I did a very general generic business studies course. As I said, I, I wanted to go into business, quote unquote, and I didn't yeah. know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. Um, actually, I found business studies really damn hard when I got into uni. Um there's things that you have to do, marketing and accounting and economics. And I've already told you, I am terrible at maths, right? So these things combined were like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> um, and I made some really good friends and we basically, they dragged me through and I managed to get, um, you know, scrape through and, and scrape a, a degree. But do you know what is interesting for me and my perspective from university is that I went to a university not knowing that this would happen, but when you go into uni and you do something quite generic like business studies, you can start specialising um, in the third year. And actually mine was um, a third year out in industry. So it was a four year course. And you could start specialising in the things that you wanted to do. And I was like, right, like, thank 
goodness, because I can then turn away from something really academic and go into something that suits me a lot better. So I was toying with things like marketing because I have that kind of creative side. And um, weirdly, there was this um, aroma trades course in my university. It's the, it's the only one in the country. Um, and I was like, hmm, what's that? That sounds quite interesting. And it was all about perfume and scents. And I was like, I like smelling perfumes and fragrances when I go through um, the duty-free shop when I'm flying, you know, on holiday or whatever that looks like. Um, I was like, well, that sounds like something interesting and non-academic, right, that I can probably just go in and, and do. And do you know what else? The other thing that was really, really fun about this course was that there was only 12 people who were chosen to do this aroma trade selective in a in a like an intake of 2000 people who did business studies degree in my own year only 12 so the not so smart smart part of me was like mm, like I know my numbers aren't good but I do know that my odds of getting a great job in industry in my third year are so much better if I go into a course where there's only 12 people than if I'm you know fighting my way against the best of the best in this like creme de la creme of the 2000 other people so I fell into this kind of fragrance um world I got a year out of an industry I moved to London at the age of whatever I was 20 um and fell in love with the industry fell in love with the first company and they actually hired me back um after university and the rest is kind of history 20 year career was born out of that so what was it you were actually doing then what were you marketing? Were you sales? What, what was what was it? So it was the whole industry is all of those things, right? So actually, the industry that I go into was um, a supplier side. So think about your shampoo. I'm just going to um, use that as an example. The scent in your shampoo was what the company I worked for created. So the industry is kind of ghostwritten. You'd never have heard of any of the suppliers, um, but you'll have heard of all of our um, kind of clients and all of those like household branded names, for example. So um, there are people who created the scents and they are called the noses or the perfumers, if you like. Um, and they really had to have like lots and lots of science and chemistry degrees. And it takes a long time for them to kind of really specialize. And then there's people who go into sales and marketing and consumer insights and, you know, do the data and um, like so many different um, avenues that you can go down. So my role essentially in that kind of um, year out, uh, stagiaire year, was to go and explore and see what it looked like. So I did um, project management um, and I did like little rotations in lots of different areas, but I did fall in love with project management and sales because it really suited my kind of planning um, and organizing ability. Okay, cool. So presumably you, you were there quite a while um, building up the expertise. And how long ago was it when you started to realize that you wanted a bit more? Well, I was so busy in my job. I ran global teams, I traveled the world, I ran from one major program to another. And I didn't really stop to think about it until we had this gift in 2020 of COVID. And um, for a moment, my world kind of changed quite dramatically, right? I was landlocked and in my second bedroom, um, you know, I'm quite a people person. So all of a sudden going from, you know, being around different cultures and different people to 
you know, just being in front of my computer screen was was quite a, a major change and quite a shock to the system. Um, what it enabled me to do was actually have a little bit more time for reflection and um, thought thought process and a little concept I call play the tape forward. And during COVID, I really played the tape forward and was kind of thinking about if I didn't make any changes, what would my future look like? And I wasn't sure whilst I loved my job, I wasn't sure that I wanted to spend another 20, 25 maybe even 30 years doing the same thing. And I also had a milestone birthday in COVID. And uh, I think the two things combined really made me think, oh, it's basically now or never. And if I wanted to fulfill that dream that I had when I was about eight years old, that my mum keeps reminding me of, you know, starting my own business, then, you know, now had to be the time, right? And I couldn't wait any longer. And yeah, I had to take a risk. That's, yeah, that's the big turning point for me. I like the um, the phrase "play the tape forward." I've not heard that before, um, and and I'm, you know you can instantly know what that means and what that looks like. So, so you were landlocked. I mean, I got made redundant in 2020, so that that was the, the universe kicking me up the ass to finally do what I've been talking about for a long time. <laughs> um, for you, it wasn't being made redundant; it was just being landlocked and starting to see things differently. So, so what did it look like for you then in terms of when did the job stop? When did the business start? Did you run the two side by side? How did it go? Yeah, and I spent a lot of time in COVID wondering what my business looked like. And I knew from running global teams and from having like such great relationships with the people that I worked with and my clients, I knew it had to be people focused and people centric. And when I think about, I thought about what I loved the most about my job, which was like mentoring and coaching my teams. And I knew all of a sudden when I, you know, had that real clarity that that is something that I needed to do. So actually, I really quickly set about researching um, qualifications. So I know the coaching industry is not regulated. You can call yourself a coach uh, without any qualifications. However, I knew that that didn't sit right with me and I needed um, a bit more credibility. I wanted to understand um, the structures. I wanted to understand how I could set about, you know, putting my clients in the best position to get success, you know, from the from the get go. So I did um, two diplomas also during COVID. So I'm a personal development coach life coaching qualifications and I'm a corporate executive um qualified as well um yeah because you know belt and braces and all that jazz um and by the way uh just side note studying in later life was whew, quite a challenge <laughs> um yeah I uh, I definitely wouldn't have elected to to do self-study but you know needs must um and so I started my business, basically. And when you start coaching practice, you have to coach for a certain number of hours. So then I started finding people that I needed, you know, to coach with me and give me testimonials and, you know, chalk off my my hours for coaching practice. And people started asking me to coach them afterwards. And people wanted to pay me money. And I was like, this is brilliant. Um, so I ran the two together for a little while, um, not too long because I was really conscious. You know, I'm a very loyal person. I'm very um, uh, transparent. I'm very honest, right? So I didn't want to be kind of hiding it. I didn't want to be doing it behind my company's back. And, you know, whilst I had this new skill, I was using it, you know, with my organization, with my teams, and I loved it. Um, and I remember having, you know, a conversation with my boss going, hey, like, 
I've used my time to upskill and uplevel during COVID. I'm going to utilize it to the best of my ability for my company. But by the way, is it cool with you if I also do it outside? You know, there is no conflict of interest here. Um, so I remember really clearly having that conversation and, you know, asking permission. Um, I'm not sure I would have done the same now uh, in hindsight, <laughs> but I, I really, you know, it, it was important to me that everybody knew and, you know, it was quite open um, until it came to the point where I knew I was going to quit and and go full time. And, and I think anyone who's ever had to do that experience, it's um, very challenging and there's always more money that you can save. So it's always, oh, just one more month or, oh, it's just one more bonus, or it's just one more this and it's just one more that. And I remember that I had planned to quit in the October of, um, it was 2021. Um, oh no, it must've been 2020. And then as it came closer to the date, I was like, oh no, I, I can't do it, I can't do it. Cause I needed to give three months notice. So I was like, oh, I'll start in January. And then I was like, I can't do it, I can't do it. Um, so what I was, didn't. What was stopping you, just the minute? Oh, I think money and I think um I think yeah mindset wise I just felt like maybe I wasn't ready um I didn't really know the risk that I was taking I it, I mean in hindsight I should have just quit right and you know that would have been optimum but at the same time, I was like, oh, no, I'm just one more month, just one more month. And I think, you know, that's so common if anyone's, you know, listening has has, has been through that. It's like a funny. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's, <laughs> imposter, it's imposter syndrome for a start because you're branching out into something that you've not done before. And who the hell am I to be able to, yeah. to go and coach other people? Um, and you, your mindset has got to be right. If I think about my journey, I mean, I'm almost 10 years ahead of you. No, I'm not. You're 42, aren't you? So I'm I'm going to be 50 in a few weeks. I can't believe it. But anyway, um, but it, it's like I've been trying to find something else probably for 20, 23, 24 years. Well, even longer than that. I used to be in a, a rock band, do you know what I mean? And, and I, that, that was what, like, yeah, Wembley Stadium, all that sort of stuff. Amazing. So there's always been something in me that's looked for the alternative. And then when I became, a, you know, a, an employee and uh, left uni and then became a single mom and all of that sort of stuff, then I was always looking for something else. But there was always reasons for it as well, like looking after my parents or, or whatever. Um, but and it's taken me all this time, you know, like 2020 was my springboard into doing this. But even the last three years, I've been playing the imposter card. Um, and I would say it's only really been the last few months, you know, I've, I've been doing coaching, but it's only been the last few months where I've really thought, come on, Mel, you know, you've had enough great feedback now to to know that you're having the impact that you want to have and that you're you're worth this. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm a stubborn bugger. I don't know. But honestly, it's so it's so refreshing to hear that you got there a lot quicker than me um, and, and other people do. But for, for people listening to us right now you know, that have not even got close to making that decision. I just wanted to voice that because we know what it's like, you know, and you you kept putting it off because your mindset wasn't there. And when your mindset's not there and also you've got other stuff to deal with, personal shit going on or, or whatever it might be, there's loads of reasons to put in front of you why now's not the right time. But it is just an excuse and it is just a reason not to make that choice because once you've made that choice, there's no going back. I mean, there is, but, you know, in your mind at the time. 
So yeah, so sorry, I just wanted to uh, sort of divulge onto that one. Um, so really, it was your mindset probably more than the money side of things. Yeah, and um, now that you're talking, I think there was also that element of um, independent women earning her own money um, and having spent a lot of time, um, I I hate the phrase climbing the ladder, but essentially dragging myself up by my fingertips to where I was. um, And I just felt like, well, like I've got to this really great place. Am I sure I really want to give it all away? right and for the unknown and I think that was what it was it was like yeah I'm I'm earning when I met my husband I was the breadwinner um and you know he's the past me long time ago and I'm so proud of him and that's brilliant and it's never been a competition we've always been really proud of each other and our, our each other's best cheerleaders but I'm I'm I didn't have that security of that monthly income that I was guaranteed right I didn't know if I could pay my share of the mortgage we've always been financially um inequality so I didn't know if I had that um ability to do Mm -hmm. that and I think that kind of fear of the unknown was really playing with me so I did go on to that next uh bonus check right and I Mm -hmm. you know whether I should or whether I shouldn't you know it remains to be seen right hindsight's a wonderful thing but um you know it's it's interesting that you mentioned the the climbing the ladder the greasy pole as I like to call it um, <laughs> when I was in the corporate world, I probably when I was in my twenties, I probably thought, "Oh yeah, sales management, whatever." And then that quickly just was like, "No." Um, so for me, because I was always trying other stuff, like the get quick rich, the get rich quick schemes, or the multi level marketing schemes, or whatever it might be, property. I got into property, something that was going to replace the rat rates for me. Um, so. The climbing up the ladder was not a thing for me. You know, I just wanted something that was going to pay me a decent wage that wasn't going to, like going up the ladder meant more time, more stress, more this, more that. And I didn't have that capacity. So, or I didn't want to have that capacity because I wanted the the capacity to focus on other stuff. So it's interesting that you say that, you know, you built up this persona, um, not only in your own mind, but in other people's perceptions of you. And and I get that because I had exactly the same, but in a different way. Um, And to let that go is like, there is part of you that feels like that's a failure, right? Like, come on, I've worked hard to get this. And I've seemingly got it all. I've got the husband, I've got the home, I've got the career, I've got the money, I've got the, you know, all of these things. Why the hell would I want to change that? But you did. Yeah, and I think, uh, oh, I got goosebumps, but um, <laughs> it, for me, it was much more about fulfillment. And and when I think about coming on your podcast and not settling, I was like, I could happily have stayed in that job until retirement. I could have, you know, climbed another place or two up that career corporate ladder. I loved my company. I was really well connected. I've been there a long time. I could definitely see another move or two in that time. But for me, I knew as soon as I realised and had that clarity around supporting women and enabling them to see their worth and their value and giving them confidence and overcoming things like imposter syndrome and perfectionism and things that are holding them back from having a successful career, I realised I needed to do it on a bigger scale, right? And for me, it was about fulfilment. And not only that, 
but impact that I could have in the world that was bigger than I could have had on that small scale within my current organization. And that was really the driving force for me in the end. Like, who knows if I can ever make the same money as what I was making in corporate? Who knows if I'll match, you know, that trajectory that I was on? Um, I hope I will, but it wasn't about that in the end. And I think that that's it. It's like, um, when we think about it as a destination, that is sometimes what we think about. It's like, right, we've got the title, we've got the salary, we've got the house, we've got, you know, we can holiday to the Bahamas every year or whatever, you know, that looks like to you. And maybe that is what success looks like to you. And, you know, I've certainly been through periods of my life that that is what success looked like, because that's what society tells us. But actually, when you think about that in a more subjective perspective, like what does it actually mean to you as a human, as an individual? What's aligned to your values? right it's like actually that wasn't the be all and end all of of the meaning of life for me and there was definitely more to give and that's where I came from in the end was was, that was the driving force so you obviously you know I've seen uh, a lot of your posts and I've seen your website and and you know it's, it's such a big thing especially for women that you know we do struggle with the confidence especially in a male dominated environment um, we do tend to hide our light under our bushel. We do tend to be the last person to speak, which is not a bad thing, by the way, because everybody else can get their crap out of the way and then you could come out with something amazing, right? But but we that is just how we are, lots of us. Not all women. You know, there are some women that are completely different to that. But do you, do you resonate with the woman that you're coaching now? Was that you? Did you lack confidence in your corporate career? You did, yeah. Oh my gosh, 100%. I I had this instance at the age of 27 where my boss left the company overnight. I was put in his place and inherited his team of 10 people and I was freaking out, right? I had crazy imposter syndrome. I had no clue how to deal with people. I... um, wouldn't handle conflict I'd rather like brush it under the carpet and hope it went away um like I had no clue what to do or how to stand in my power and my authority and go right team this is what we're doing and this is the strategy let's go right no clue and no one to teach me um my boss then uh was off site right was in a different country and I literally felt so alone making all the mistakes under the sun And that was the very day that I vowed to become the best manager that I could be, right? And we've all had terrible managers, right? And we've all had great managers. And I think we're always sent the manager that we need rather than the one that we want. And we can learn so much from having those terrible managers, one being what not to do when you're a manager. and for, for me, that was really a, a pivotal turning point for me, which was like, I know what kind of manager I want to be. And I am going to just do whatever it takes, self-discovery, self-learning, self-development, self-teaching, like whatever it takes. I'm going to make all these mistakes and I'm going to learn from every single one of them because I literally had no clue. And that's where I, I feel like, yes, I am, you know, client uh, client number one we're all you know our own self-clients in a way but it was like actually I had to teach myself this stuff whereas if I can shortcut it or fast track it for one person 
I've done my job, right? If I can show someone where I went wrong and where they can do it differently, right? That is, means the world to me. So I'm intrigued to know what your boss said to you when you said, by the way, this is what I've done in COVID and um, I, 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 I'm doing this for the company, but also running this outside the company. What was the response to that? Actually, uh, that, that is a brilliant question because he turned around and said, oh, my wife tried to, to be a coach and she failed. So I hope that that's not what you're thinking of doing. <laughs> nice. Um, so, and I know that, I mean, we have a brilliant relationship, we still do. And I know that he was really well-meaning and I know that he was also pretty scared of, you know, actually what could happen in the future, which you know, potentially meant that I was leaving the company. And I, he didn't see the writing on the wall um, because when I did finally quit, he was pretty shocked. Um, but it was in that moment that that I started obviously having those doubts and second guessing myself and wondering. And then I was like, no, you know what? I am not her, right? And I'm not anyone who is a failed coach or, you know, failed this and failed that, right? And I have tenacity and I have determination and I have drive and... I am the human. I bring, I, I've only got me to do this, right? There is no one else. If I can't make a success of it, it's on me, right? So I I really was like <gasps> taken aback when he said it. But then I was like, you know what? No, that, that is not a determination for me or not. That doesn't dictate my success. Um, and I won't let it. In fact, I wanted to, it was more of a driver to go, right, no, actually, I'm going to be more of a success story. Good for you, because a lot of people, especially women, would have gone, oh, right, he might have a point. Oh, well, if it, if it couldn't work for his wife and look at all the money they've got or, you know, whatever stuff you're telling yourself, then how's little old me going to sort this out? Yeah. You know, so good for you not having, you know, not going down that and doing the complete opposite. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you basically got to a day where you're like, right. I can now go, <clears throat> even though you put it off, but you said, right, now, today's the day. He was a bit shocked. Um, and you had your last day, and then you were out on your own. How did it feel? Mm. Flipping scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? It actually felt really empowering, and it felt really exciting. And I was probably quite naive. Um, in hindsight, I, I thought it would come quite easily. I thought, yeah, I'm a successful woman. I've got lo loads of evidence to prove that, you know, if I put my mind to something, it will happen. Um, and yeah, with mixed success, I would say, um, to be quite frank with you. And, you know, certainly in those early days, right, it's, it's, it's big and it's scary. And whilst I've got all this, you know, 20 years corporate career, what I don't have experience in is you know, building a business. And I don't have experience in technology and building my website and lead generation and, you know, posting on LinkedIn and all of those things, right? And you have to start learning a different skill set, right? You're not born with this stuff. Um, and everything worth doing, you know, is going to take a bit of time to finesse, right? You're not going to be perfect on the first go around. Um, and that I had to learn the hard way as quite um, an impatient um high standard kind of gal um I really had to learn that the hard way but I am so thrilled that I did because the only way is through and the only way is to just do it rip off the the plaster or the band-aid and just get on with it and you know 
putting other people's judgments or what other people might think of you out of my mind because I was so single focused that I was going to make it and it was going to be successful that I had to do things that other people weren't willing to do. Amazing. So, so how, obviously you, you put the message out there, you did some free coaching, you, you did all of that. And then all of a sudden people wanted to pay you for this. Crikey. Um, so how did you start to think, right, how am I going to attract my ideal client? Yeah, so I was really fortunate. I had a, a couple of clients, um, as I said, on the go whilst I quit my job. So that was like really, really beneficial. Um, I knew that like referrals and word of mouth was going to be really beneficial as well. So I had, you know, a fairly decent network. So I started, you know, just reaching out to some people in my network. Um, some people were really receptive of that. And some people I've lost friends over that, right? It's like, um, you know, they just don't want to hear it. They don't want to know. Um, they think that you're just going to message you to ask for something. Um, you know, actually, if you can't utilize your network, um, you know, where else do you start? So I started with my own network. Um, and I also started working with some coaches and, you know, some mentors and really started learning the art of attraction marketing, which is how I kind of honed my LinkedIn um, kind of content creation, I guess. It's, um, it's a way of um, writing. It's a way of putting your messaging out there that makes it feel like you're in people's heads, right? So it's like, oh, that post could have been written for me, Beth, like seriously. Um, and that's how I try and write my content. That's how I try and like think about, you know, what is it that my clients or my prospective clients need to hear from me today? And I don't get disheartened by lack of engagement or lack of likes or these kind of things. I'm in full trust that the right people are mm. reading the right messages at the right time, whether they are publicly giving you a heart or a thumbs up or not, um, it doesn't really matter, right? And when they are ready, you know, they they come out and they message me or they start engaging in my posts a little bit more. Um, and, you know, we might start having a conversation. So essentially, I really like the approach of kind of attraction marketing. It's like, um, I put my authentic self out there. If you resonate with me and you like my messaging and I share, you know, my client success stories and you would like the same results, then you know, welcome to my world, right? If it's not resonating with you, if you're not on the right trajectory, um, if you don't like my pinkness or my high vibe or, you know, my high energy or whatever that is, that is cool. There will be someone for you, right? And I am in full trust that, you know, the right people will be attracted to the message that I put out because it's me and it's authentic and, you know, it's aligned to my values and, and what I do. And I'm not going to change that for anybody. Mm -hmm yeah yeah it's that that's a real tough one that's something that I've been learning about for quite a number of years and um <clears throat> but it still feels scary oh you know this is yeah this is me it's like you know when I was in the spiritual closet for years when I was in the corporate world because I was like the two just don't go together you know but <laughs> anyway I got over that eventually um <clears throat> so so what you know if anyone any lady listening is um loving what they're hearing and you know and, and they might be in their own corporate career drowning a little bit or lacking confidence or whatever it might be what's the sort of thing that they can expect from working with you 
So I like to say that I am, um, my coaching approach is right brain and left brain. So all of the things that I have actually just shared with you um, about my history and my background. So I use my kind of creative side and my logical side um, and they all kind of come together. So I use an evidence-based approach, which is really important um, together with mindset mastery. Um, and it's all wrapped up in this um crazy encouraging cheerleader um like infinite energy duracell bunny um kind of uh i don't know facade veneer i don't know facade's not the right way because that that genuinely is me high, vibe, high energy. Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um and i think the two go really hand in hand that like that that logical brain is searching for that evidence. Um, and that's what, you know, that is the, the very start of the approach that I work with my clients with. Um, and then I kind of intersperse that with lots of kind of mindset approaches, reframing, thinking about things differently and, and rewiring some of those, you know, stories that we tell ourselves so that we can kind of start with a clean slate um, and really kind of dive into who we really are, right? What, who, who are we identifying as? And is that, healthy is that who we truly are as you just said kind of you were in the spiritual closet for so long like actually um loads of my clients said that they kind of wear a mask to work and they're a different person at work than they are at home or where they are in their relaxed state right so it's kind of aligning who you are because you'll be so much more impactful and so much more effective if you're actually showing up as your authentic genuine self at work um, and you can kind of drop that mask and you can align to your values and it just feels like a much easier way of living um, and much more fulfilling at the same time. So that's the kind of approach that I take is like very evidence-based um, for those logical and technical brains out there, um, but also kind of just probing with some, you know, different gentle suggestions, ideas, tools, techniques, and hacks that really set you up for success in the everyday life as well. Amazing. So where would somebody go to find out more about what you are doing and find out more about you? So I am a super visual person. So I love to hang out on Instagram um, at meetbethhocking, M-E-E-T, Beth Hocking. Or as you've already alluded to a couple of times on LinkedIn, um, you can see my face splashed across LinkedIn. Um, I'm sure maybe you can put it in the show notes. Um, I will do, yeah. How yeah. to find me on LinkedIn. And then uh, I've got a website as well. So www beth-hocking.com and is there anything you're um wanting to talk about right now any programs or any launches or any promotions you're doing that you'd like the audience to know about well I don't know when this is planning to go live oh, it's, a, it's probably about four weeks or so five weeks or so oh so if you're listening to this and it's still September um for the month of October I am running a um four week um like unshakable confidence course right and this is just um like I'm just birthing this brand new because I recognize that so many people I talk to are saying that they're struggling with finding their voice and feeling valued um having self-confidence um they are having feelings of imposter syndrome perfectionism overthinking overanalyzing all the things that keep us awake at night and it's stopping them from becoming the best version of themselves and um my heart literally breaks when I hear these things so I wanted to just take a much deeper dive exactly as I said rewire the brain let's look at the evidence let's look at the mindset and let's like spend four weeks together and really figure out like 
I promise you, your confidence will be much more increased, if that's even English, much, <laughs> much higher um, after four weeks in October. Um, but after that, if you're listening, um, hang out with me on LinkedIn. I'm always doing free masterclasses. Um, you're more than welcome to come along and it would be such a pleasure um, to have you there. You're welcome with open arms. Amazing. And I, I have actually attended one of Beth's masterclasses and they are amazing. So I highly, highly recommend them. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. So I love to finish conversations um, with my amazing guests with anything you feel called to share with the audience. Oh, my goodness. Um, what do I feel called to share with the audience? Do you know what? I am... Um, I, ca I came from the gym this morning uh, straight into this podcast and what I wanted to, when I was thinking about coming on this podcast, I wanted to say, don't neglect your health, right? Um, and I know it's a, like a, a massive sidestep from everything that we've just talked about, but... Really? Not really. I feel like health is all you have, mm. right? And I'm so passionate about that. And it doesn't have to be going to the gym. It doesn't have to be slogging on a treadmill. It, it can literally be the simplest of things, right? But without health, we really have nothing. And, you know, especially as we go through life and life gets tougher and more pressures are on us and, you know, we get a little bit older, um, you know, health is wealth and health is just everything. So I just like so passionately wanted to say, if you're, wanting to make a change start small and start thinking about playing that tape through like who is healthy you 10 years from now right and start today because you'll never regret investing in your health exactly if you haven't got your health you haven't got anything and the rest of it's irrelevant right so um amazing thank you so much beth it's been an absolute i knew it would it's been an absolute delight to share this space with you thank you for coming on and giving me your time today I know the audience are going to get huge value from this. And um, yeah, thank you and have a wonderful day. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Mel. You're welcome. If you enjoyed that conversation or were inspired in any way, please, please leave me a review on iTunes. It's the best way for other people to find my podcast and be inspired themselves. If you'd like to know more about me and my coaching, you can find me at melclarkcoaching.com. Clark with an E on the end or email me at mel at melclarkcoaching.com.